You are listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. James Marshall is a registered investment advisor and president of Marshall Wealth Management. His registered investment advisory firm is registered in Texas and Kentucky. For 30 years, he has been educating, advising, and managing wealth for diverse families all over the country. This podcast is about different concepts of wealth building, some financial, some emotional, physical, and yes, some spiritual. The bottom line is you will leave with some knowledge and knowledge is wealth. So whether you're walking, running, exercising, or having your choice of beverages, no judgments here, clear, then open your mind and get ready for some life-changing financial lessons. It's your time. Here's your host, James Marshall. Welcome Wealth Builders to podcast number 48. Establish an action plan for job loss. The plan should be geared toward gaining new employment in 30 to 60 days. You know, bad things happen to good people all the time. And it is wise to anticipate and prepare for as many possibilities as possible. On average, There are 10 million layoffs each year, and oftentimes the bad news hits employees all across the salary spectrum. But what can you do to prepare for this possibility? Let's talk about it after this week's If You Don't Know, Now You Know segment. This week's question was emailed in from Margaret. Margaret asked if she should take advantage of her company's ESOP plan if she thinks the company is going to start downsizing and eliminating her job. An ESOP plan is short for an employee stock option plan. Well, Margaret, there's a lot of factors you should consider regarding this. But the first thing is to consider whether or not the stock is underwater in your plan. In other words, is the strike price or the price that you pay for the stock lower or higher than the current stock price for the company's shares on the open market? If the share price is higher than you paid, then you should seriously consider exercising the options to rebalance your portfolio for diversification. And remember, diversification means not having too much of your money in any one stock. And it's very easy to accumulate more shares in the company that you have an ESOP plan with than you should. Just as a side note, regarding the company downsizing, the fact of the matter is that oftentimes a company's stock price will rise on downsizing news. One of the fastest ways to increase earnings per share is to decrease expenses. And one of the fastest ways to decrease expenses is to cut payroll. So with this in mind, you might be leaving some money on the table by liquidating your position too soon. The prudent thing to do is to discuss your options and plan of action with your financial advisor before making a decision. Margaret, that was a great question. And I want to thank you so much for the submission. And speaking of having a plan of action, here in Houston, I'm sure like in other parts of the country, we are victimized by natural disasters, in particular hurricanes. We are encouraged to build and maintain hurricane evacuation kits. Doing this allows you to be proactive in regards to hurricanes and protect against or minimize 
the damage they can do. And when we say be proactive, I mean doing things like pre-drilling holes to protect your windows and doors with plywood. By pre-drilling the holes, it makes it easy for you to put the plywood up with the screws. Bringing in or securing loose patio furniture and other items that might become projectiles. Flashlights, first aid kit, rain gear, cell phone, cell phone chargers, and cables. And of course, cash, credit cards, copies of important paperwork, and pictures of your valuable household items. So if you're going to prepare for the possibility of a natural disaster upending your life, shouldn't you prepare for a job loss upending your family's finances? I think you should. Here are 10 steps that I think you should consider for a job loss. One, revise and trim your budget. You should be doing this all the time anyway, but in particular, keeping in mind that things could change swiftly. Two, build your emergency fund. Remember, we talked about that, six to 12 months living expenses. So even if you do lose a job, you can maintain your lifestyle for at least a year. Three, think about health insurance. Will it be transferable? Will you be without? Can you cover that gap? Four, pay off debt. If you can get your debt paid off before this event happens, that's going to take a lot of stress off of the family financially. Five, get a deferral on your refinance. Uh, get a deferral on your home loan or refinance your mortgage. Six, apply for unemployment benefits. Don't let pride keep you from getting money that you've been paying into all those years. If you're downsized, get the unemployment insurance. Get the paperwork that you need. Know what you need to do before it happens so that you don't have that delay. Seven, prepare to roll over your 401k into an IRA. Never leave your 401k with the company that you've left. Roll it into an IRA so that you can control it. Or you can even roll it into the 401k of your new job. But the best course of action... But the best course of action is to roll it into an IRA that you control. No taxes, tax-free transfer, and you can still manage it effectively. Eight, review and analyze your other income sources. Know what multiple income sources you have and make sure they're going to be enough to cover your expenses. If not, make arrangements to fill that gap. I'm speaking of rental income, side jobs you may have. You might have some income you can pull from cash value and life insurance policies. Just look at them all and evaluate them. Nine, survey other job opportunities. You don't want to wait until after you've been fired to be st- still looking at what, how marketable you are and what jobs you can easily move into. Do it now. And number 10, start networking. The more people you know who can put you in a position to get a new job, the better you'll be. Now, we are fortunate to have as our guest this week, Aubrey Bedford. Now, Aubrey is a career consultant or what some people say or know as a headhunter. And she's going to share some important information with us on planning for a job transition. All right. I am with Aubrey Bedford. And we are so thrilled to have her on the show. Aubrey, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and who you work for? Absolutely. I am a technical recruiter. Uh, Really what that means, it's a fancy title for saying I am a headhunter. I work for a company called Terra Staffing Group, and we partner with several companies across the country to place high-level executive and technical positions. Okay. And the reason why we're so excited to have you on the uh, podcast this week is because our discussion is on what should you do to prepare for a job loss. I use the analogy of uh, here in Houston, we're always preparing for um, hurricanes and things that a person should do in case the inevitable should happen. So I want to hear from an expert on what a person could do to kind of minimize the stress 
minimize the delay time uh, that they can get back into a normal uh, employment. What can they do now uh, to prepare? I think the biggest thing is keeping your resume up to date. I think we all get kind of lax once we're in a position for any set amount of time and we let our resume go. And then the task of updating or redoing a resume feels very heavy and daunting. So people put it off. Um, There are a number of resources that are free online to redo a resume, or I am honestly a fan of having your resume professionally written because we are in such a virtual, technologically advanced world. There are a lot of buzzwords that are used on a resume, and the average time spent reading a resume is 30 seconds, 30 to 90 seconds is what a person spends looking at a resume. So if they're not drawn by what they see and some words, they're out. Or it might not even make it through an algorithm to the next level. So there's a lot of things that go into resumes when you're submitting them. So there's okay. that. Keep your resume up to date. And LinkedIn. Um, for some people, me saying LinkedIn is a very obvious statement. For others, they are not active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a huge recruiting tool. As a recruiter, I am on LinkedIn probably 30 times a day. That wow. is how I am sourcing the bulk of my talent. So wow. keeping your profile active on LinkedIn as well. So basically, you know, dig your well, dig your well before you're thirsty. So prepare for it before it happens. How can a person what what are some of the things a person can do to remain marketable in their industry from in the eyes of a headhunter? Yeah, keeping any certifications current is huge or even furthering your education. I don't mean you have to go to college or anything like that. But if there are any certifications you can get in your field, constantly researching. I mean, the beautiful thing about the Internet is there's always things available and there's usually a class that you can do online or talking to other people in your industry is also a good good way to stay kind of current and relevant because it's really who you know. So those are a couple of options. So, so is, it, is it a good idea to start entertaining job offerings or uh, setting up interviews while you're still employed? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing even, so we call that a passive candidate in the recruiting world. Someone like me, for example, I'm very happy in my role. However, I get recruiters that reach out to me for other positions. And if the offer seems intriguing, I might be open to having a conversation. Um, It does not hurt to learn and to hear what's out there. It also gives you a good pulse on the market. We are in a very unprecedented time when it comes to hiring, firing, changing positions. It's it's very weird right now. And that's kind of a a strange way to put it, but it's nothing I've ever seen before. Um, So I think it's always good to hear someone out if you are even slightly intrigued. And you can be very upfront with the questions because like for me, salary has to align. So the first thing I'm going to ask is tell me the range because I don't want to waste anyone's time. Time is the one thing that we can't get back. So asking very pointed questions to know if you want to take it further. But I think if there's any part of you that is curious about what's out there, absolutely. Keep looking, listening, do your research. So so that being said, once you get the whisper, the uh, unofficial word that your job is going to be eliminated, maybe your whole department is going to be cut out. What is the first thing that you should do? First thing you should do, I think it just circles back to getting yourself ready. 
if you know that your position is going to be eliminated and say, and you have some time, like maybe they've given you 30 days, that's when you need to get active. You need to get your resume put together. You need to get your LinkedIn profile put together. Um, Indeed is another really good tool. I think candidates shy away from Indeed, but putting your information on Indeed doesn't put you out there for the world. It puts you out there for hiring managers that have paid for that service and are actively looking for candidates. So you need to be proactive and trying to get your next opportunity. Um, There's a number of resources, but those three are the biggest ones, especially in the recruiting world. That's what we are looking at. Okay. So, so now here's the interesting point. I mean, if you're downsized and you're not really in good standings with your manager or your boss, uh, how is the best, what's the best way for a person to go about getting a letter of recommendation or does that really matter in today's climate? Letters of recommendation are nice. They are not, I would say in every 20 placements that I have made, so 20 different companies, I will maybe have one that will look at a letter of recommendation. Um, So I, I wouldn't weigh yourself too heavily on that. Being able to speak to why you're leaving the company or why you were either let go or laid off is huge. Um, And then you can get referrals from other past employers. It doesn't have to be your most recent because a lot of times when people are looking for a new opportunity, they don't want you to reach out to their current company Mm -hmm. because their current company doesn't know that they're actively looking somewhere else. So there's a lot of times that you can't even use that as a referral. So I, I wouldn't get too hung up on that. Or if there's a supervisor or a coworker that you can get a reference from, use them as well. Um, there's other options. It doesn't have to be a manager or someone like that. I'm going to yeah, yes. there's someone there that likes you that would be willing <laughs> to say something kind of about you. <laughs> you know, I've never even considered uh, a coworker as someone that you might consider as a letter of record. Okay, that's good information. Now, now, now the idea of a headhunter. Now, when I think of a headhunter, I think of someone who is reaching out to me. Now, how does a person interact with a What is your true purpose? I mean, how do you interact with people that you're trying to get placed in a position? Yeah. So think of me as like the middleman. I'm having the awkward conversations. I'm doing salary negotiations. If you are curious about something, so a company gives me a position. Let's say they need a financial advisor. I come to you, James. Hey, your profile. I think you could be really great for this. I would love to present your information. I will send your information to the hiring manager. Basically, I'm a matchmaker. That's a good way to look at us. We're a matchmaker. And then we're with you every step of the way. So offer negotiations, anything that is a little uncomfortable that you maybe don't want to have the conversation or you're out of practice having it, we're there for. We do interview preps. We basically get you ready. If you want that position, we're going to do everything in our power to position you and leverage you to get that position. Now, are you retained by the company that is looking for an employee or by the person looking for an employer? We are retained by the company. So it is of no out-of-pocket cost to the candidate. So that's another thing that people sometimes think like, oh, you take part of our salary or we have to pay you a percentage. That is not the case at all. It doesn't cost you a dime. The employer has already retained us to find them a talented person. Now, do headhunters work on particular industries or do you pretty much cover a wide range of professions? Every company is different. So my company specializes in manufacturing production. So a lot of that's what a lot of our clients do. And then we are placing a lot of engineers. I am a generalist. So I place a wide variety of positions. There are specialists that have very niche markets, uh, especially IT. Those are going to be specific headhunters for the IT world or medical. So depending on the company will depend on what they do. I am 
what they consider a generalist. So I place a number of positions. I'm working on a purchasing manager for construction, as well as a drafter for an architectural firm, and then an accounting manager for a toy company. So I'm all over the board. <laughs> okay. Well, Aubrey, thank you so much for sharing this information. I, I tell you what, I've learned a ton just from talking to you for the last 10, 15 minutes. So I can imagine that uh, our listeners would have learned something. Is there anything that you want to share about your company or how a person can reach you if you want them to reach you? Yeah. So the company is Terra Staffing Group. Um, feel free to look up the website. If someone can email me directly, if they have questions, I'm happy to answer anything that I can. Um, I'm sure you can link my email in your podcast. That would yes, probably absolutely. be easiest because it's a lengthy email, but I'm happy to answer anything that I can. I would tell people if you are even considering a new position or changes are coming, this is a very good time to make a change, um, even if it's a complete career change. And don't be afraid to talk to a recruiter because the thing that recruiters can do for you is get you in front of the hiring manager quicker than you can get yourself in front of them because we have direct access. You don't necessarily. So don't shy away from having conversations. If anything, it's good practice. Okay. You said something that I got to pivot on. Why is this a good time? to make a career change. You mentioned that a minute ago. Because companies are hiring and people are not wanting to go back to work. Oh. So every single company that you see is likely to have a now hiring sign. And that's from entry level to executive level. I am seeing it's a there we are on a mass hiring and I know it's what is it called the the great resignation is what mm-hmm. this year has right, been. Right, right, right. Uh, I think COVID has taught us that we value are off time and we value family and friends. And that is much more important than just working to live. And so mm-hmm. what we need seems to have shifted. So I think people don't want to be inconvenienced and don't want to work for companies that don't value them. So now companies are realizing that and are needing people to come back to work mm-hmm. and are willing to train more than ever because they need talent. So you can teach the hard skills. You cannot teach a good attitude. So that's something that goes a long way. Well, with that being said, I mean, probably instead of changing jobs, maybe the ideal is to negotiate or renegotiate your relationship with your current employer to ask for more things that you want. How would a person go about doing that? I would... HR is usually, depending on the size of your company, um, but typically HR is going to be your best bet uh, going directly to them and just having a very honest, pointed conversation Um, everyone is human. We all have needs. Most of us have similar wants. Um, So just going and telling them what you're looking for and what you feel is missing, because a lot of times they're not getting that feedback. And so they do value what you're telling them because they do want to retain people because losing them costs a lot more than just giving them the little bit that they're asking for. So yeah, I think just having, being willing to have that hard conversation, because once you get that awkwardness out of the way, then you're, you've already overcome the hardest part. So say what you need to say, and then hopefully they can meet what you're looking for as long as it's reasonable. And if they can't, that's okay. You just have to go into it with the attitude that, okay, I, now I know what I do want. I need to go seek that somewhere else. Hey, nothing venture, nothing gain, right? Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Aubrey. I appreciate you taking time out. You're busy day to talk to us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Listen, with this kind of information, you can take a lot of the sting out of being downsized or let go. But with all of my podcasts, you should listen with the intent of taking action. So put some of these concepts into practice. And as always, 
Keep building wealth. Peace. You have been listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. Keep increasing your knowledge by going to marshallyourmoney.com and check out our educational videos, newsletters, and calculators. There you can also sign up for your free copy of his book, 100 Wealth Building Secrets. Like this podcast and follow it on podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media platforms, Facebook, Black Family Wealth, Twitter, James Marshall at Marshall Wealth, Instagram, Marshall Wealth, LinkedIn, James Marshall, and on YouTube, James Marshall Financial Educator. Email your questions or thoughts to james at marshallyourmoney.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, we build wealth one family at a time. No, you can't. I teach you how to say, don't waste your money, but bank your money, don't spend your end. I teach you how to say, your bank account will be filling out with them dividends. I teach you how to say, rule number one, if it ain't making money, it ain't making sense.